there in podcast land and welcome back to spoilers your bad movie review show on the rat pack podcast network where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials each week we watch a movie usually a bad one we crack a couple jokes we give you our insight into the film and we play a couple games at the end i'm your host hollywood i'm joined by my two co-hosts adam and maestro yay i am me you are adam. Today, we're celebrating our big 100th episode with a movie so big, so action-packed, so ridiculous. It took us 100 episodes and a lot of bad movies to get here. Yeah. Movie in question is 1997's Face Off, a movie we've been waiting years to do. Yes. Literally years. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you who starred and who directed it, synopsis, then we can talk about it. All right. This was directed by John Woo, his second American or English film. Mm-hmm. Stars John Travolta, Nick Cage, Joan Allen, Gina Gershon, CCH Pounder, Nick Cassavetes, uh, so on and so forth. Bunny Colvin, and a bunch of other people. Margaret Cho, apparently. Margaret Cho, yeah. So I just found out about. Uh, let me do the brief synopsis. In order to foil an extortion plot, an FBI agent undergoes a face transplant surgery and assumes the identity and physical appearance of a ruthless terrorist. But the plan turns from bad to worse when the same criminal impersonates said cop. Hmm. Bum, bum, bum. I'm assuming we're all around the same age. I'm assuming you've seen this movie before. Oh, yeah. So many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I might go into, I don't know, maybe not triple digits, but a lot, a lot of times. This is a movie that's it's, it's had a very large impact in my life, which is a little confusing at times, but uh, it's 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 there for sure. I saw this on my birthday weekend, 1997. I really liked it. I saw Nick Cage in Con Air, and I was like, "This Nick this Nick Cage guy, he's onto something here." Okay. And then he did Face Off, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's really good." And now we have Nick Cage. Like, there's a whole generation of kids growing up as Nick Cage is like a fucking idiot, like doing all these shitty movies yeah but like they don't realize like he did leaving las vegas where he won an oscar he did con air the rock face off those are three heavy action movies back to back to back yeah and, and my first introduction to nick cage was this movie i'm pretty sure uh the rock and and uh, con air came shortly after so right out of the gate nick, nick cage is huge in my book he, mm-hmm. he's, he's like an awesome guy so it took a long time and it was mostly because of the podcast i started realizing how how many shitty movies he actually does? Mm-hmm. But he started, he started off on such a high level for me that this it carried over for a lot longer than it probably should have. And even now, I still like I feel like I give him more of a pass than I probably should, mm-hmm. just because fucking this because of this movie. Yeah. yeah, Face Off. I like it a lot. I found a lot of problems with it. Now that I have your spoiler goggles on, Adam, that's yeah. what you call it. Yes, uh, but I even at the end, I still like it. It's not like. Uh, a movie I saw as a kid where I was like, I love this movie. And then I watch it with my spoiler goggles and I'm like, oh, this movie sucks now. No, I still like this movie. It's just there's some stuff that I didn't think of when I was younger that I'm okay. like, eh, that doesn't make sense. This movie was spoiler goggles immune for me. <laughs> as much as I try to get into the mind frame, there's only a few things in the movie that really got to me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I was just like, I was fully on board and I, I, I can't I can't wait to justify all the awesome things <laughs> that uh, you probably have problems with. Mm-hmm. Should be good. Yeah. I will try, I'll try to cage my excitement. Yes. Ah, see that? Cage? Uh-huh. Cage? <sighs> I got a gag if you want it. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> no, a gag. Literally, a gag. Oh, it's a oh, bit, it's a bit I thought you meant you had like a bit you wanted to do. No, I could I could say, die! <laughs> Please die! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could do that too. But gag's a lot like, less lethal. Yeah, it's a weird, yeah. It's a weird <laughs> gag to do. So the movie opens with uh, Travolta, who's FBI agent Sean Archer. Sean Archer. And he's at America Round with his kid. Great name, by the way. Sean Archer. Yeah. And Castor Troy. And Castor Troy. Those are good uh, yes. action movie names. Right. Mm. Castor Troy uh, being the brother of Pollux Troy, mm-hmm. which are both fi- uh, characters from Trojan mythology, 
which is where the Troy comes from, and Castor and Pollux are twin brothers. I found that out during a trivia game that I hosted. I read a question. I was like very excited to find that out. More excited than everybody else in the room, obviously. Mm-hmm. As I gave him my, oh, this is from Face Off, guys. Crickets. <laughs> like, ah, come on. Crickets. Sons of bitches. Bill Simmons has a thing about Nick Cage movies. He says, you know you're watching a good Nick Cage movie based on his character's name? So okay. he said Face Off is Caster Troy. All right. Con Air is Cameron Poe. Right. The Rock is something Goodman. Speedman. Speedman. Good, God, good, good speed. Good speed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he said uh, Benjamin Gates, William Benjamin Gates in National Treasure. So he okay. said, So he said, <laughs> you're in for a, 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 what did he say? You're in for a hoot if, if it's a bad yeah. character name. All right. <laughs> I like it. Uh-huh. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Sure. So, anybody remember Ghostwriter's name? His name is Ghostwriter? Johnny Blaze. Uh, see, that's a strong name. I feel like it's a good name. It's a pretty bad name. Mm-hmm. A little on the nose. Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> well, uh, Sean Archer and his boy are at a park or yes. at the merry-go-round. Some sort of, yeah, merry-go-round area. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a carnival exactly, but a park for sure. And uh, Nick Cage has a sniper set up. Right. And with, he's, with a know, ridiculous mustache for no reason. Yeah. And then it disappears. Which I don't know why. I guess it's a way to show time progressing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this was at the time. This was ninety seven. Yeah. So maybe in ninety one was uh, where mustaches all the rage. I thought that was the whole reason why he wore it was to show that he was evil. <laughs> well, it would have been a full on goatee if it was evil back. No, it has to be. It has to be just twisty. That's all. Uh, that evil personalities. I think uh, uh, from Knight Rider, the the evil version of of Hasselhoff had a goatee. It's really? The, yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah. There was he, also an evil version of... Uh, uh, all the South Park boys? There's an evil version of Data from Star Trek, mm-hmm. which yeah. is Lore, had a, had a goatee. No, he didn't. Yes, he no. did. He absolutely did. And what episode? I don't care. It was called Data Lore. It was the name of the episode. Uh, but there was also a version of Spock having a goatee when he was an evil person. So, okay. Yeah, facial hair, I think, is just meant to be evil. So maybe it may be on something there. Okay. So are you telling us that we're evil? Yeah, sure. Because we all have facial hair. I'm the bad yeah. Adam right now. Yeah. No wonder. <laughs> Get the gag from Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, so merry go round scene. Uh, I, I guess uh, Castro Troy is meant to take out Sean Archer, uh, but at, at the angle in which he shoots him, it goes through his back, uh, misses his spine, misses his heart, hits the kid in the face. Uh, Travolta's devastated by this, obviously. He crawls over to the sun, does a face thing. He drags his hand. That's a, that's a thing that happens between this family, Sean Archer's family. It's, it's a face drag or hand drag. Hand- it's, it's a shh, just let it happen it's drag. A, it's a, <laughs> It's face drop. <laughs> yeah. Put the hand over the face, drag it down. You and start at the forehead and you sw- swipe down gently to the chin. Right. Sometimes you have chloroform in it too. Who knows? No. See, that's just creepy. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. It's creepy. So it's when Travolta does that move, he's like, I love you, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a loving move, which I have at some point adopted into my, into my personal life, uh, based purely on this movie. And it's still creepy. It, yeah. Well, I, I didn't do it as much because I started thinking, yeah, it's a little weird. He did it once to me. I never, never, <laughs> mm-hmm. I never uh, got back from that. Uh, no. <laughs> you liked it. <laughs> yeah. So then we get, uh, we cut to six years later. And now we are at uh, what I assume is a counterterrorism unit where uh, Sean Archer, uh, John Travolta, works at. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a real dick. He doesn't treat his employees well. 
it's, it, people are like strung out. I guess they've been working for a long period of time. They're like, we'll take a break when the case breaks. All right. Yeah. Uh, he's very, very animated, very, because his whole life is now dedicated to catching Castro Troy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're trying, they're trying to find him. They don't know where he is. Is CIA there? Is a central intelligence agency? If there is such a thing, uh, <laughs> a, a bunch of little, little things. Uh, that's right. Cause we're such, we're such a covert operation that we snap our fingers. Nothing happens. That, that's just, so they're, they're a super secret organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and but their their whole goal is to find a couple of white dudes. Mm-hmm. White terrorism. Yep, it's the nineties. Absolutely, they still exist. Yes, is it when white terrorism was in vogue. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. but no, it true lies was in the nineties, and that's when we started slowly transitioning to Arab oh, that's true. Arab terrorists. Yeah, that mm. was my first exposure to terrorists being from really? the Middle East. Was true lies? Oh yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, cool. I, because I, I <laughs> like every action movie was like the Grubers. Mm-hmm. Air Force One. They were all white, white, white terrorism. Yeah, that was the first movie I saw. Where they were like, from Germany or Russia. Yeah, or like an East former Eastern Soviet bloc yeah. nation. Huh. Uh, well, yeah. I guess we we had no choice. Maybe. <laughs> well, well, I, well I, they, 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 we didn't view them as terrorists yet. Uh huh. So now that we do, we can't do that because that's insensitive. Yeah. So now uh, the Koreans are our new boogeymen. The North Koreans. Right. Well, that, that was the uh, the whole thing in White House Down, right? Or Olympus is... Olympus is Fallen. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, one, one of those It movies. was the North Koreans. Okay, yeah. Right. And in Red Dawn, the remake, it was supposed to be the Chinese who invaded America. Right. And, and the Cubans, was but, it? But no, no, no. That was the original Red Dawn. Oh, okay. The Cubans teamed up with the Russians. Oh, that's right. But in the remake, it was going to be Chinese. But then because the Chinese, we make a lot of money off of them from our movies. Yeah. And because they owe a lot of our debt. They own a lot of our debt. I see. We're like, ah, oh, we better change it to the Koreans. Got it. So we're gonna switch to the Koreans. Well, Koreans, I think that's a it's an okay thing to hate them, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because, because of Kim Jong Kim Jong Un, right? Yeah. So that's fine. We can make them terrorists mm-hmm. unless they uh, threaten to take our movies out of theaters. Is the uh, is the interview? Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, the interview. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. He doesn't fart, therefore he is a god. Remember that bit? No. No, he. He's super, <laughs> he they said they were superhuman because he didn't fart. That might be an okay movie to do on the show. What the interview? The interview, maybe. Mm. It's got it's got those ridiculous people in it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway, so uh, they're trying to find Castro Troy, and uh, we, by the way, we also cut to Castro Troy. He's at the LA Convention Center, dressed uh, as a priest, dressed as a priest, mm-hmm. uh, a real hip priest, as as he's dancing around and doing things, arming his bomb. And then he comes For out nine or to twelve days out, right. something like that. Yeah. Well, you you, you got to have a nice buffer just in case. Yeah, because you know, look, security and all. Yeah, uh-huh. security is is more tight. We find out later it's because there's going to be some some pre court justices or yeah, Supreme uh, Court judges, judges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Uh, those people with the robes, uh, they're going to be there. But I, I guess if you do it nine days out, twelve days out, security is less. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, why not do that? Instead, there's a choir there. Where he can start singing as a priest, which is weird. Yeah. Well. Yeah, because he starts groping a young girl, right? And no it, one I, says anything. Yeah, Complete public. I, I I could see that maybe, but the, 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 how? My, my, no, my argument against that is is the uh, is, is is Bruce Willis' argument with Die Hard. What? <laughs> when Bruce Willis comes to Los Angeles in Die Hard One, yeah, the first one, the best one, uh, second best. Uh, vengeance is better. Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, when he gets to L.A., he's kind of freaked out by people. There's there's a lot of the weird things happening around him, and his only response is, "L.A. man, fucking L.A." So, so pedophilia and random acts of rape are considered <laughs> L.A. Oh, well, not. How did you just went really far? Pedophilia and random acts of rape because because of a butt grab. 
to a child? Yes. How do you know how the child is? The child is in a choir group of children. No, yes. these, these are regular average age people. Come on. Ah. Do any of them have facial hair? No, they're women. Do they all have acapella groups where they were all like really high pitched? I do not think they were children is the point. <sighs> well, did you think this choir group was children in Hollywood? I don't know. That girl he growth was really young, though. She looked like she was like 17. Uh, I it's still know. under 18. It's I, still considered a child. I would, I would say 18 just to get past this whole pedophilia bit. Even so. <laughs> but even, no, but even if it was a minor, a priest shouldn't be doing that. At no. all. Yeah, I, I get that. But the whole, but it's just uh, people walking around Delhi Convention Center, they're maybe not paying that much attention. Uh, there's other things happening, other things to focus on. It's, and it's, it's LA. Well, this is also considering the fact that it is post, uh, pre uh, iPhones and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm guaranteeing you, if anyone uh, had that happened during around now, it would be on the YouTube in less than five seconds. True. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means they pay attention. Yeah. Then again, if you also saw a priest in, in the corner of a convention center bent over pushing buttons, you'd. Wonder what that was about too. Yeah, exactly. But no, not, no. not ninety-seven. Not in ninety-seven. Yeah. So there's Sean Archer doing his. Um, uh, he's policing. He, we got we got reports. Hey, Paul Troy just purchased the plane and he paid cash. That's it. We gotta go. We gotta get him. Uh-huh. Well, how do you know Cash is gonna be there? Uh, Paul doesn't fly without Big Brother. Yeah. So all right, good. Let's get him. Everybody, all hands on deck. They get they get to the airport. Well, first, a uh, really cool scene. Uh, Nicholas Cage gets out of his car, and there's, there's the music that plays out through the entire movie, which I I, I was in love with. Or mm-hmm. Just boom, boom, ba-do-doom. Super, super simple. Yeah. But it, it just has such a cool vibe to it. They're just like, oh, yeah. He's got the two golden guns. Got, yeah. As, as he gets out, his, his his trench coat is just whipping in the wind in uh-huh. like a, such an awesome way. And like I, that's Besides that and the Matrix is why I wanted to get a trench coat as, as a mm-hmm. kid was, be, was because of this. And also dual guns. I always had dual guns. Uh, for this, even though I know it's super ineffective to shoot two guns at the same time, it looks so damn cool when he does it. Yeah. Like, yes, I need that in my life. So we get that. Uh, Sean Archer's back at the uh, at the counterterrorism unit still. Uh-huh. He's like, all right, we got to get somebody on that plane, blah, blah, blah. Everybody rushed over there. Uh, there's there's a girl that's on the plane, which is apparently working with the uh, FBI. F- FBI. Are they FBI? I feel like there's more than that. but No, it's they're FBI. Are they? Okay. Yeah. They're secret FBI? They're... They're just a counter terrorist unit. Okay, so uh, we get we get we get we get a scene where uh, Castro Troy Nicholas Cage is on the plane, uh-huh. and uh, he's he's starts hitting on the chick. He's 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 a huge ladies man. We get mm-hmm. that from him groping the choir girl, and now as he gets on the plane, we're introduced to his uh, signature line of, of peaches. He likes peaches, like where he's like peach. I, I, I can eat a peach for hours. Uh-huh. Like oh come here, baby, sit down, sit down, sit down. So he sits on the lap, and um, he's, he's got this line, which is which is as disgusting as it is smooth, where he just sits down like, um, now, if, if I were to buy you flowers, where would I – no, 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 let me rephrase. Uh, if I were to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? Puts his tongue out, and she just jumps on it and gets all like, ah, into it, like, wow, that's fucking pimp. I remember thinking, that, like, that's amazing. I want to be that guy. He's – wow. Really? I mean, I, I, that would never work in real life. It's painful. Unless you're paying the girl uh, to do such things. But it just it, the way it came off is just like, wow, this guy's awesome. This guy is the guy of all guys. That's just, that was my thought. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, plane takes off. Suck on my tongue. Well, when you put it that way, that's not attractive at all. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the plane's running down the runway. Then we got Travolta with uh, that black dude. Bunny Colvin from The Wire. Uh, of course. There's a Wire reference. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's two Wire people in here. Are they? 
<laughs> Beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're, they're uh, going towards each other, and then uh, there's, there's a lot of yelling, Sean, don't play chicken with a goddamn jet! Yeah. Uh, they end up playing chicken. Uh, they got Winters is on the thing, which, which is the girl's name, the uh-huh. cop, uh, FBI, who get, ends up getting taken down by Pollux Troy, mm-hmm. which means bad FBI agent, because Pollux Troy is he's a spindly, weak, little, nerdy dude that somehow gets a jump on her, uh-huh. so you should be fired. Uh, he's the, wh- the Omega male. Or he's the Omega, like, you know, the wolf pack, the alpha, yeah, like yeah. the, the top, the Omega uh-huh. is like the bitch, the bottom one. Okay. That would be Pollux Troy. Right, yeah. But somehow he still gets a jump on her. Uh-huh. And um, to prove that she's uh, just bad at her job, she well, she gets killed. Uh-huh. So maybe she shouldn't <laughs> speak ill of the dead. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Shoves her off the side of the, of the plane, shoots her, she falls down. Uh, Archer gets all pissed off. Uh, Don Travolta uh-huh. pulls over, gets in the helicopter, which is conveniently landed there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh <laughs> Flies it's, a, it's action movie logic. It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. The, the copter was in the air a second ago, but as soon as I guess the girl gets shot, lands a plane just in case somebody has to take it over. <laughs> so John Travolta pulls him out, gets in the helicopter, does a really cool thing where he's got his hand out of the helicopter shooting the engine. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Castro Troy's inside. I'm real excited, by the way. I, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to yeah. stifle my excitement. But this, I, I fucking love this movie so much. I know. I All can right. tell. Okay. <laughs> so he does the thing like, fly, bitch. He's trying to get the pilot to fly the plane. Uh-huh. But, but, uh, uh, Travolta breaks the la- the the thing to take off, so they can't. So he steers it into uh airplane hangar. A hangar, yeah, or a warehouse, probably a hangar. Yeah, it's something that's on the. It is a hangar. It's on the airstrip, but it has got a bunch of weird uh, silver boxes in it that are like wrapped in uh like aluminum foil or something. I think that's a hangar. Okay, but so there's there's an epic shootout, which awesome. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to start the movie. Uh, except John Travolta, uh. I feel like he doesn't have a lot of faith in his team because he keeps telling everybody to get down and he's like moving everybody out of the way so he can get into the whole limelight, which... Yeah, and he's a dick to everyone in his unit, too. Yeah. It's like his whole life has become Castro Troy, so mm-hmm. this guy's my guy. You guys all got to be here because of paperwork, but I'm taking him down mm-hmm. pretty much is his, his whole attitude. So he's running through everything. Um, uh, Pollock's uh, not very good with guns. He gets captured pretty quickly. Uh, people getting <laughs> shot. Uh, there's, there's a thing in this movie that was cool at the time, not so cool now because we realize that uh, physics don't work the way mm-hmm. they do. Where somebody gets shot and they and they fly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy gets well. That guy gets hit with a shotgun. Yeah, he gets hit with a shotgun. Couldn't a shotgun cause you to no. fly back? No? Mythbusters disproves it. Oh okay. Well, they did it with a with a slug, which is not exactly buckshot, but I still like buckshot. Okay, too many details. Uh, you know, if you get shot, you don't fly. You mm-hmm. drop. Okay, that's it. Because if you think about it, the bullet. It's the size of a fucking penny. Mm-hmm. There's, they, they, you can't have enough, enough force in that bullet to move your entire body, uh, no matter how fast it's going. If it's going fast enough to give that kind of impact, it's just going to shred right through you, not not move your body. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, we get our first face-off of, yes. of the movie with uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, and uh, they end up on top of each other, pointing guns at each other. But they don't fire. Right. They don't, they, they, they don't fire. Well, Nicolas Cage tells John Travolta, like, well, you better shoot me, Sean, because you only got one bullet left. Yeah, funny, so do you. Oh, one thing we got in common. We both know our guns. And uh, there's a whole scene. Uh, then uh, Nicolas Cage is just, like, rambling and rambling. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> Fires his gun and it click, click. Oh, out of bullets. And then he drops to his knees and he goes into Bruce Willis mode. No, no. no he, Hans, Hans Gruber, Gruber mode. mode. That's mm-hmm. right. Like, oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Sean. Shawnee, please. I'm scared. Shawnee. I don't want to die. <laughs> well, I think you better shoot me because I don't give a fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he started. Uh, this is, he's, while he's doing this, he's pulling a knife out of the back of his pants and he goes to try to stab uh, Travolta. 
he gets kicked and then pushed into uh, a it looks turbine? like a, a jet engine of some kind that's on some sort of test engine is yeah, yeah it's a test engine and yeah it sends cage flying good what 30, 30 feet something like that enough to make him into a coma and he slams yeah, yeah. he slams into some like a wind grate or something and right he's in a coma. Yeah, well, Travolta somehow there was a panel that had a bunch of buttons on it. Yeah, uh, somehow he knew to press the button that launches the turbine, but mm-hmm. it's fine. Well, if there's a big red button, I assume that's the on. Okay, okay. All that's right. just me. Sure, sure. So he's gone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now we get back to John Travolta going back to his wife Eve, uh, played by Joan Allen. Joan Allen, right? And he's got a goth daughter. Oh yeah, that's right, the goth daughter. Uh-huh. Yeah, it comes in. The daughter's having a panic attack, or there's some sort of issue at school. She got kicked out of school again. Why? Mm-hmm. And she turns around, and she's she's got she's kind of like a oh no, what's that movie with the Clockwork Orange? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, she's got like a Clockwork Orange type of thing going on with her eyes. She's got a little bit of makeup on, a nose ring, and that's about it. it not not edgy by these standards, but '97, I'm sure this was like oh my god, uh, we need to get a therapist for this for for my white child. Because she's out of control. <laughs> but these days, it's like, no, that's just, that's just, well, LA, man. LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you keep on using that. I don't feel, <laughs> I feel like that's going to last, like, what, the next, like, two more times, and then that's it. Nah, I don't know. LA is real crazy, man. Super, the, the, the more time I spend in LA, the more I realize you can't use that phrase. Because you are in LA. No, are for, you that crazy? Are you that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so he tells the wife, "Hey, it's over. I got him. The guy. I got him. You know what? Finally, uh, I'll I'll, I'll put him for a desk job. I'll go I'll, I'll go to therapy. I'll talk about Mike. All these things. Uh, which super late reaction in in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, six years it took him to, I guess, get to the point where he wants to now have yeah. therapy. Yeah, but everyone deals differently. Yeah, I guess. I feel like Joan Allen should have been like, uh, a bit too late, taking the kids and I'm leaving. Yeah, <laughs> you spent six years." Chasing's fucking bad guy around the world, and your family is stuck here. Yeah. Rotting away. Pretty much. Thanks, I, Sean. I'm here dealing with your daughter while you're at work trying to find this guy that killed her son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she misses him, too, but at a certain point, you gotta... You gotta <laughs> life goes on. Yep. But anyway, what else? What do we got next? Uh, oh, they find a briefcase. Or they find a disc. In inside, Paul Troy's bag. Inside Paul Troy's bag uh, that... Uh, by the way, this is a zip drive. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's how old this is. Uh, no, well, it's 97, yeah. Yeah, 97 still. It's 19 years old. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You put it that way, it doesn't... All right. Before I get too depressed about it. Uh, on the disc, they find uh, the the programming that's uh, Sinclair is the name of the bomb. And like uh, it pops up on the screen in a super like uh, DOS prompty type of way. Like, I'm going to blow you away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> bomb, bomb, or whatever. So not, now they got a real threat on their hands they got to deal with. Uh, so they got to find out what it is. And it, uh, by the way, Caster Troy in, in the airplane hammer told Sean Archer, uh, I'm about to release the biblical plague that hell A deserves. Um, but he thinks nothing of it. But now, combined with this Pollock's disc, it's, yeah, okay, we got a real problem on our hands. So there's going to be a bomb in L.A., and that's all we got. Uh, Castor Troy's dead. Paul Troy is being a dick about it. So they get they have to try to find out what's going what's going to happen. Uh, then uh, this covert ops people come in. Who's uh, that girl from Sons of Anarchy? It's CCH Pounder. So she's like deeper FBI than him. Yeah, I guess she's like class seven or whatever, yeah. different classes uh-huh. of whatnot. 
Uh, and she says, how about you, uh, what if I told you you could walk into that prison and give Pollux Troy a nice big hug? As his brother. As his brother. Like, what? So they take him to this medical facility. Right. And, and this doctor tells him, uh, look, look at all the amazing things we can do here. And the cop who got his ear blown off in the airport scene. Yeah. It's getting repaired. Yeah. Like a, uh, it's like a 3D, it's a 3D printer. 3D printer. That's yeah. what it looks like with flesh. Uh huh. Looks pretty good. Much better than, uh, putting ears on mice. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, what was that? Was that paycheck? No. Ears on Might? Was that Jingle All the Way? No. Oh, no, no, no. It's one of the movies that we reviewed. Ooh. Ears on Mice. Oh, hold on. I'm going to look at the list. Hold uh, on. Damn it. Okay. It was in, I'm pretty sure it was in a movie we did. Ears know. on Mice. They were growing the ears on the back of mice in order to use them to transplant to other people later. Was that the movie with uh, Ray Fiennes where, where, they, where they were uh, Repo Men? No? No. Mm, no. Well... Maybe that might be that's a possibility. I Frankenstein? No, no. Damn it! Mm. Well, let's get caught up on this for the next twenty minutes. Uh, anyway, so they, they got updated technology, and they're so they can uh, it, with, with this new technology, healing takes days instead of weeks. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we can do all these things, blah blah. And, and Sean Archer is instantly freaking out because first of all, turns out Caster Troy's alive. Yep, they're keeping Nicolas Cage alive at, for God knows what, mm-hmm. why. Yeah, they are. He's not happy. He, fuck you. I'll do this on my own. I'll find. I'll find my answers my own way. Now we get the usual suspects come in. We get a uh, Dietrich, this guy, this bald dude. Uh, it was I, I loved him as in this character. That's Nick Cassavetes, John Cassavetes' son. All right, cool dude. He's just real, like real, just real. Doesn't doesn't like cops. Doesn't like Sean Archer. Mm-hmm. Real real dick about it. He's like uh, he comes in like yeah, this reeks of you. This has your signature all over. Like yeah, well maybe it does, but you can't prove anything. By the way, Sean. That's your dead son. <laughs> and then he fucking, he gets his, Sean Archer freaks out, Travolta freaks out, puts a gun in his face, like, oh, I don't know, something about the date, July 25th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good date, I heard. Is it 14th? I thought it was 14th. It doesn't matter. All right. July 25th, I feel like it's a really big day. That's my birthday. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Right. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> Coming up, guys. See, I don't have Facebook anymore, so I don't know anyone's b- birthdays. <laughs> That's right. I don't. <laughs> That's got to be tough. Yeah. So my friends were like, hey, I have a birthday party this weekend. I'm like, oh, it's your birthday? Cool. I, I used to put birthdays in my calendar for, for people. Uh, so every, I, I still got a few people. Like, I mean, this shows how long ago it was. People that I don't even talk to anymore. I was looking at reminders. <laughs> like, hey, it's their birthday. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to him in a couple of years. It's before, before Facebook, I guess. But <laughs> anyway. So we get the... Uh, we we get uh, uh Sasha Sasha she comes in played by G- Gina Gershon oh god good god in heaven I, it, when I saw this movie for the first time that okay Jennifer Love Hewitt was my first crush from Can't Hardly Wait this one was my second I was like I was in love with this chick it's like that's a, she's amazing the the, the her, she's got a great look but her, it was more of her attitude of just like um, screw everybody I'm I'm better than I don't know something she's got a real sex appeal that mm-hmm. really works for me and and uh. A lot of ways, but uh, so yeah, that didn't work out. She's got uh, Sean Archer threatens to take her son away, and she's like, I, "I whatever, I can't help you because I don't know anything." But also, still fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he's out of options. He's got he's, he's got a date. He's got a bomb, and he's got L.A. Uh huh. That's all he's got. So he's got to go back to the people now. Yep. And uh, decides. 
Was that, how does he break it down? He has a little speech. Yeah, he says he he breaks it down by saying, "Okay, let me think." Hmm. Yeah, what are you asking? I'm me to doing do? something. You want me to do something illegal? Something uh, like unethical? Uh, you, you want me to put in the dark all the people who care? Yeah, and love care, about love, me. yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Two second pause. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. If this fails, I just look like this guy for the rest of my life. It, sh- it should have been a longer pause, definitely, to show some more contemplation. Uh, but then again, the fact that he had to go talk to them means he already thought about it, I guess. So, now we get the uh, Jurassic Park style explanation <laughs> about this is what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Which I bought, by the way. I The, the way they explained it, like, all right. It's a little, little, little weird, a little yeah. crazy. But technology-wise, I don't see why not. You, so, did you not buy it? No, because it's the the Dave Damashek thing he said on Corolla's podcast right. where he said he hates how people say Face, face Off is a preposterous movie. All you right. can't take the face off. And if I bought a ticket to the movie, I've accepted that this is possible. Right. And I don't know, dude. They say that their blood types don't match, but the doctor just is nonchalant like, ah, it's fine. No, <laughs> that's, that's not fine. <laughs> Blood, yeah. Your blood types have to match for a reason. You die. Yeah, you could die. You could die from a massive infection. Right. But again, if if they had the technology that they can print a, an ear mm-hmm. out of uh, flesh tissue, I guess, they I'm sure they found a way around that. They had to have. If they can advance the healing process to be days instead of weeks, then I feel like uh, maybe they found a way. Even through the stem cell research, that's impossible to do what you say. All right. But can you bring that back world, to life right from DNA of mosquitoes? It's like, okay. I yeah. didn't pay the ticket for that one. <laughs> yes, yeah, sounds ridiculous. But in the case, you, you know what you're getting into. I mean, they're not extortionists. Uh, they're terrorists. But it, based on the, 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 the description and the, the preview. By the way, the trailer for this movie was, was brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. That was my first introduction to this movie was it had no clips from the movie at all. It had John Travolta sitting in a chair, camera panning around him, and saying, uh, there's, a, there's, a whole, there's a big terrorist out on the loose, and the only way to catch him, camera goes around, behind, turns around, now it's Nicholas Cage in the chair, was to become him. Like, ah! That got me instantly. Because that's the way trailers should be. Mm-hmm. Where they, they don't give away anything from the plot, they tell you what it's about, kind of, build enough mystique around it, they're like, uh, I, I, I gotta see it. So, here we go. Faces turning, uh, they're, uh, the, uh, <laughs> love handles coming off. Uh huh. And, uh, so he gets a liposuction, but their eyeballs don't change, their teeth don't change. Right. Which, they, they, I, they, I don't they, know. Can, they, they can change the pigment of the eyes. I feel like you can change with contacts or, uh, something. Uh, teeth might be a little bit harder to do. Although, if you saw the whole nine yards, another Bruce Willis movie, uh, <laughs> They did have Matthew Perry come in as a dentist to you rearrange know, somebody's mouth. You sure it felt like a Matthew Perry movie that Bruce Willis happened to show up in? No, it was a Bruce Willis movie that Bruce, uh, Matthew Perry and, and Amanda Pete happened to show up. Also, uh, oh no, Michael Clark Duncan. Yep. And, uh, the Kingpin? Yeah, Kingpin. Uh huh. And also, Usual Suspects guy, uh, Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock, mm-hmm. yes. The man of many voices. Uh huh. Anyway, yeah, it was a Bruce Willis movie. Yep. Yeah, so they they change things. Uh, they hi- the height and the, I had had maybe two major problems with the entire movie. Uh, first one happens to be in this scene. Uh huh. The haircut. Yeah. With the face exposed. With the with uh-huh. the face off yeah. exposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> as as the laser is cutting the face off, 
There's other lasers that are, I guess, uh, changing the hair from curly to straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's somebody there that's uh, dyeing the hair and also <laughs> cutting the hair. Uh, with, so, with so little hair fibers could go into the into face. the face with actual scissors. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> as far as procedures go and transformations go, uh-huh. I feel like cutting the face off is the last step. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, super complicated. Yeah. A lot but, of time. But the cutting the hair, it should be your last step. Yes. The very, very last step. Uh. Because it, it, it'll take all of 10 minutes to cut, to cut some hair. Yeah. If you want to dye it while they're doing that, fine. <laughs> uh, that, I'll even allow that. And dye has chemicals. It, yeah, it does. It can go into your face. Yeah, again. Uh, but somehow, not as atrocious as little strands of hair yeah. getting cut in there. Because that is irritating as hell. Because mm-hmm. if you get a haircut, that's, that stays with you for a while. Yes. Unless you like just fully submerged in a Daredevil style uh, isolation tank for a long period of time, the hair is going to be around somehow. Mm-hmm. So it's it's weird that haircuts is the is the part where I draw the line. Yeah, but, but anyway, he comes out of the surgery, uh, and uh, Nicholas Cage does this move where he, he takes his bandages off, and he he does uh, Nicholas Cage oh, did, from a well, he's now Sean Archer, right? Ex- yes, exactly, and this. As far as acting goes, this this movie, the, uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, I think, did amazing jobs at portraying uh, first their own characters and then each other's characters. Uh, well, Nic- Nicolas Cage, I think, did a much better job because he's well. Hold on, Nicolas Cage as Caster Troy, uh-huh. so over the top and so crazy. It's it makes it a lot easier to imitate mm-hmm. as John Travolta. Uh, so. Uh, he just, he just created a character that was so outrageous, so crazy, narcissistic, and just like insane that John Travolta can then become him pretty easily. Uh, Travolta, on the other hand, his character is more mellow. There's not a whole lot of things to go with. Mm-hmm. But the thing that you can build off of that character is the emotional turmoil that happens in your brain. Yes. So where Nicolas Cage comes out, he takes the bandages off, he sees himself in the mirror. Well, he sees Caster Troy in the mirror and... He's like, holy fuck, they did it. That's amazing. And then, like, instantly, like, remorse, like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm him. And he, and he freaks out, and, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And he's just so, he's just, the, the, the way he pulled that off is like, I, I totally, I was like, yes, I bought it. Uh, granted, the science and the haircutting thing bothered me a mm-hmm. little bit, but that was like, oh, no, it, it for sure happened because that's the other character that we were watching earlier. <laughs> and it just, I don't know. I liked it. I, I really, I really enjoyed. Again, this is before I realized that Nicolas Cage was uh, not so good at his job as an actor. <laughs> uh, by the way, Bad Lieutenant. We need to do that one. Yes, we need to do that later in life. Bad Lieutenant, the port of New Orleans or something. Oh my god! Where he's just punching women. So, <laughs> so bad. It's like his character from The Wicker Man again. Yeah, where he just like knocks women out cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's got the power from uh, Lord of War as well. Yeah, he's just he's, he's got a lot of different. Is all the all the Nicholas Cage is coming together mm-hmm. for, for an amazing performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we find out uh, he's he's still yelling, but he's still got his voice. There's, there's a, now there's a microchip apparently. Uh, the doctor he was in other things too, right? The he was doc- in Paycheck. He was your boy Aaron Eckhart's right hand man, the one who tried to kill Ben uh-huh. Affleck. That's where he's from. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, okay, it was bothering me. Uh-huh. Like I know him, I know him from things. But yeah, they, they put a chip in his th- 
throat, larynx, or voice box somewhere around there. Yeah, it's going to reprogram the way that he talks. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So because they sync it up to the peach. Yeah, the peaches. The peach. Yeah. I, audio. I, I, peach. I could do peach for hours. Uh huh. Yeah, that that whole thing. Uh, so they do that whole. So now, but he he tells him. Uh, it's, it's, I guess it's a very sensitive chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of physical trauma, even a violent sneeze can put this out of whack. Uh huh. Which throughout this whole movie, he's getting tossed around. He jumps off an 80 foot yes. uh, oil rig. At one point, he's choked out with a shotgun uh-huh. or, or a billy club of some kind uh-huh. and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So this technology has weird ways of working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay. So. Voices synced up. Everything's on track. Oh, by the way, the, he he was not, he's not allowed to tell anybody. So his boss, the FBI guy uh, Lazarov, I think his name is or Lazar, Lazaro, Lazaro, uh-huh. not Lazarus. Yeah, no, he can't tell his wife. He can't tell Bunny Colvin. Yeah, nobody knows about this. Oh wait, no, Bunny Colvin does know. I'm sorry, Bunny. He, oh, that's like the, the, that's the wire guy. Yeah, the people underneath <laughs> him, so like Margaret Cho and the rest of his team, can't know. So the right. only people who know are the surgeon, yeah, CCH Pounder, and Bunny Colvin. Those yeah. are the only three. And the people that... Uh, the estheticians. Yes. No, esthetician skin. Oh, is it? Is it right? Yeah. Oh. An esthetician... I thought it was nails also. Skin. Well, they're not doing his nails. That's true. Uh, stylist? <laughs> yes, the hairstylist. Beautician, if you yes. will. The Although, scientist who also does hair. Right. Uh, not not the kind of beautician that might put makeup on corpses. No. Which is um, also Bruce Willis. Oh. Definitely. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Quite heavy with the deep in that one. Yeah. How many years ago was that? <laughs> uh, all right. So they're, now they're going to take him to prison. This 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 high tech prison. It's a, it's a black site prison where the yeah. It's supposed to be the greatest prisoners in the world. That's that's how they build it up. Like the, like this is supposed to be home of the worst of the worst. Like, yeah. Like the Joker lives here. Right. Fucking Lex Luthor lives here. But it just looks like normal guys from yeah. a normal prison. You could, they couldn't even give us like over the top Con Air, Cyrus the Virus no. type. It's just guys. They're all kind of boring. Yeah, it's like what the hell? So, so you have Pollux Troy, who's part of the white terrorist group, right? And there's this guy. What's his name? Joe Bob. Uh, uh, Dubob. Dubob. Whatever. Yeah. What the fuck's his crime? Dubov. What's his international black ops crime that he committed? I don't know. He's, <laughs> he seems. He he, well, he's a yeti. Is, is yeah. the way he's described in the movie? Uh-huh. So, but yeah, what could he be doing that is so bad? That he's in this super max, super undercover prison. Mm-hmm. That, by the way, if if this is if this is so off the record, so like because the first speech you get from Drew Carey's brother, uh, John cross, Carroll Lynch, cross dressing brother, uh, a <laughs> little off putting, but fine. Uh, he <laughs> he tells them that uh, this is Amnesty International doesn't know you exist. Uh, nobody knows that you're here. The, uh, G- G- the Geneva Convention out the window. Right. So when I say your ass is mine. Uh, yeah, that's what it Something is. Something along that lines. Yeah, right. Now they they had just finished catching these terrorists. Yes. Uh, which pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- how do they how are they supposed to explain that to the public of where where they went? Like if if they found somebody, all right, we we got him, and now he's gone. <laughs> where is he? I don't. I don't. Nobody knows. Well, you could just lie and say, oh, he's being held under maximum security at this, you know, whatever place. Yeah, but then you get, like, the NAACP and all these, like, super pro-rights people groups coming. There's no NAACP for white terrorists. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean. There's these activist groups or whatever. I know. Yeah. Were there any black people at that prison? I didn't see any. Oh, I didn't know. 
Well, it's the height of white terrorism, dude. These That's are true. these are like all the white terror terrorists from around the world. All right. The Grubers are probably in there, like right? the, like the brothers who oh, okay. who didn't fight Bruce Willis yet. Yeah, maybe Neil Caffrey's in there. That's a possibility. He's a high threat, right? Nope. No? Why? Well, he wouldn't be caught for that matter. He was caught. There was a whole series about him being caught. Yeah. What, sh- what shows this? This is a white collar. He never made that far. Oh. Great show, by the way. Is that on USA? Uh, It could have been, yes. Yeah. It looks like a USA show. It's possible. It's a super attractive white dude. They're just Go like- on. <laughs> he's like he's like a mastermind of all these things. Uh, they end up recruiting yeah. him to become uh, work in the white collar division to kind of uh, catch other criminals based on his super intelligence. Yeah. That's a USA show. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Based in New York, where he gets to wear uh, fedoras. Uh, anyway. This place is a giant magnet. Everybody's wearing boots. Yeah. So if there's a prison riot, the guards can instantly turn the magnet on, and it could cause everyone to freeze in their boots. Yeah. <laughs> but because it's a giant magnet, you can't have computers. You can't have watches you can't have any form of technology technically speaking of course. technically yeah, but of course. in the context of this movie that's fine right where we have you, the science to build ears <laughs> yeah if you can move the this. face yeah off of one guy and put on another guy yes that's fine totally fine and uh it, it was, it was I, I enjoyed the prison quite a bit there, there was a music video that happened that was based on this prison mm-hmm. which uh i forget who sings it but it was uh oh no i already forgot it i was singing it earlier today yeah who that Mm-hmm. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who? I like that video just because of the movie. Uh, again, this movie had impacts on me that I, I'm still realizing to this day. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should see some therapy. Well, Caster Troy, <laughs> Nick Cage, yeah. Sean Archer as Nick Cage right. goes to Pollux Troy, and yes. this is probably my biggest problem in the whole movie. All right, within three seconds of seeing his brother, he doesn't think that's his brother. He immediately is like, no, I think you had a face-off surgery, which (laughs) no one in the public knows about. But instantly, within three seconds of meeting his own brother, he's like, "Mm, you're not my brother. Uh, See, I I didn't take it that way. I I, I took it – he he does ask a weird question that uh, he comes in – What is my medication? Right. Well, because the, as he was walking up to him the first time, there was a big fight. Uh, Dubov rushes him. Uh, they, they fight for no reason. Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage does a good performance of doing that whole, like, finding out who he is inside this body, where he's, he's kind of still uh, Sean Archer, and then he becomes Caster Troy, starts yelling, uh, I'm Caster Troy! I'm Caster Troy! And uh, <laughs> this is the laugh, crying thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he goes up to he goes up to Pollux after that, and he's like, "I don't, I don't know what's happening. My reflexes are off. I don't know who I am. My brain is fried, bro. And if they find out that I'm misfiring in here, then we're both in trouble." And um, he's like, "Oh, what's, and Pollux, like, what's, what's wrong with you?" And like, um, "God, you're still so fucking paranoid." Uh, like, aren't they giving you medication in here? And like, what, what is my medication? Th- that's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> like, why would he even ask him that? Like, why is he? Like he, ha- I don't know, dude. <laughs> I, I take it as uh, okay. This is again one of the bigger terrorists in the world. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, I almost took out L.A. So he he went under rigorous interrogation, maybe waterboarding, uh, torture, uh, uh, brain scrambling things, whatever. I, I feel like Pollux is just trying to get a read on where he is mentally. Like, are, are I understand you know who I am, but how much did they take from you? How how much is your brain actually scrambled? Mm. Are you? Like how 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 much can I trust you? Are you gonna like just like uh, start foaming at the mouth or, or something crazy and then like Mah! not know who you are anymore? So I, I took it more as a, like a test of his wits versus a. I think you might have had facial surgery, <laughs> which is the way he talks. 
Um, yeah. So this is where he reveals. Oh yes, the big where reveal. the bomb is. Yeah. So he tells him, uh, oh, "Your your your bomb is such a work of art. It belongs in the live." Uh-huh. Like, well, I guess the um, the LA Convention Center doesn't have to do. <laughs> 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 so Nicholas Cage is like, "Yeah, oh, you're so fucking pathetic." And he's like, he's off. He's like, "I got it." Within the first two hours, uh-huh. he got his mission accomplished. All right, time to get out of here. Yes. Which I still don't know how they're going to get him out because I don't know. they want him it. Like, if no one in the prison knows that he's an undercover agent mm-hmm. posing as Caster Troy, how do they know when to get him, when to pull him? You know what I mean? Yeah. At least if the guards knew, they could they could call Bunny Colvin, hey, he he, he learned the, 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 the site. Like, what's, what's their end game on getting him out? There was no end game. I think it was just after two days we'll get you whether or not oh, you get the okay. information. That makes sense. Dang it. But but uh, yeah, well, as far as getting him out, I mean the same people that got him in would get him out, whoever that is. Which is weird because who would have gotten him in then if nobody else knew about this operation? Exactly. If this is like a black ops fucking prison. Well <laughs> hmm. Uh oh. No no no. There's uh there's exclamations. <laughs> uh I'm sure the uh was your your C- bunny your C- bunny C- guy. Bunny Colvin? Yeah. And also the Sons of Anarchy chick, they uh, they have connections somehow. No, she has connections. Oh, she does. Okay, because she like is like fucking top level FBI. If she's even FBI, hmm. Saying she's like a witch or something. No, like <laughs> she could be like CIA or NSA or something. Right. Okay. So, so in the middle of the night, Nick Cage wakes up from his coma. I don't know how. He has no face on. Is he wearing bandages? Yes. Okay, he is wearing bandages. He's wearing bandages. Because I forgot for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Did they just leave his face exposed? No. He was bandaged up, and there was only a couple of, of spots of where the blood was leaking through the gauze. Yeah. Which I thought was a little weird, because mm-hmm. if his whole face is blood, it should have been all yeah. bloody. But anyway. So he wakes up. He's not cupped to a bed. There are no guards there. Right. Which, is, the, which is a bad the move. off chance that maybe this guy might wake up. Right. But whatever. So wakes <laughs> up. He goes. He sees... Uh, Sean Archer's face yeah. floating in water. Yeah. And if I'm Sean Archer, I want my face like in a vault in a completely different city. Yeah. Like I don't want uh, this guy anywhere near my face. Yeah, but but then again, you're thinking this is a two-day operation. What do we have to lose? What what, what risk is there really? Mm-hmm. Uh although there should have been an armed guard <laughs> by this massive terrorist. No, like 10 armed guards. Yeah, okay. Cuz that's how it is in movies. Like the guy yeah. always takes out the one armed guard. Yeah. Well, the, my question is this: Why do they even keep the body there afterwards? Even if it was in a coma, there's no yeah, point of him having just put him there. like oh, put, him, uh... put him like in the cellar and lock the door or something. Yes, he's already brain dead. There, he took the face. You don't need him anymore. That's true. Maybe just let him die in surgery. Yeah, just fuck. Just give him. You don't need that face when Sean Archer is done with it. Yeah, just put some fucking thermaldehyde or something in his <laughs> IV and he's done for. What the fuck do you need him for? Oh no, that's true. Why is he alive? <laughs> exactly. Why are they keep you alive? Oh no. No. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you why he's alive. Oh, God. Because uh, it makes a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's for the it's for the the story. Yeah. So he calls his crew and he's like, "Get down here!" So yeah. They, so they get the doctor. Some they, fucking guy yeah. took my face. Which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> We're gonna deal with it. So they get <laughs> so they get the three people who know about it: Bunny Colvin, CCH Pounder, and right. the doctor. So I, I guess in in this office, this high tech office, there's a Rolodex of three names in it. Yes, that's the only way they can. Wait, wait a minute. So they bring them back, right? Because we find out, yeah, later that Sean Archer is now played by Caster Troy. Right. Like, they put the fat on him. They they put his face, right. his hair, and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. 
So, but they only got three guys, right? Those Bunny Colvin and CCH Pounder are not surgeons. So this guy did that whole procedure by himself because in the original procedure he yeah. had assistants yeah. and like nurses and they would have known and beauticians yeah, and yeah. stuff. <laughs> or he just might have multiple hands because he has that kind of like technology in this movie, which is weird. Um, he's Doc Ock. He's Doc. <laughs> Because we're assuming they did this over the course of the night before the crew showed up the next day, right? Oh, I guess they would before have to. The, before the morning, man- the the office manager opened the door. Right. They found their three burned bodies. But but then again, at the same time, it seems like this whole building is for one purpose only. Okay. <laughs> Just Castro Troy, it seems like. Uh-huh. Well, we'll build that guy's ear in the meantime. But this is pretty <laughs> much a Castro Troy building. Okay. That's a lot of tax dollars. I wonder why we're always broken around here. starting to make less and less sense. Mm-hmm. No, no, it makes sense. This, this is the California government. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage, he's <laughs> he's told he has a visitor. Yeah. And he assumes it's going to be Bunny Colvin walking through the door. So good. But it's John Travolta and hamming it up. Yeah. Boom, boom, doing, his boom, best, boom. doing his best Nick Cage impression. Yes. When he does the, ooh, you ooh, good looking. look good looking. You hot. <laughs> and Nick Cage is like, whoa, whoa. Uh. Uh, Caster, well, that is between me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Read the papers lately. It's just like, oh, you you killed all of them. Oh yeah, I destroyed all the evidence of you being you. So it looks like you're gonna be here for the next thousand years. I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, well, I really got to be going. I got a government job to abuse and an only wife to fuck. Oh, they say that I make love to. <laughs> Such a good scene. Um, are we watching this movie again? <laughs> it's good because Travolta is—he's doing such a good job of reveling in victory. It's like, yes, I, I beat you at your own game, and your life is over. I'm amazing. I get everything that has come the good of you, and you're stuck in prison. Which is this, this is better than letting letting you live after I killed your son. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you're, you're gonna have so much suffering. Like he's just, and you see that he's just like, oh yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Cage is like, uh, I don't, uh, I can't compute. He's just, he's freaking out because he's realizing his life is over as well. So this, this scene between the two of them, I, I thought great acting chops between the two of them. Granted, these are weird characters in a weird world, but the way that they portrayed each other, I, I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And I that was a lives. pretty good movie. When are we going to do the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, this is when uh, Travolta starts trying to choke out Nicolas Cage. Die, please! Mm-hmm. Uh, guards rush in, beat him up, and uh, Travolta still rubbing it in like, oh, he's had a traumatic childhood. Let him. It's okay. The <laughs> 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 <A> dick. <laughs> yeah. So good. Sean Archer. Yeah. Or Nick Cage yeah. as Sean Archer. He's uh, He drives home. Mm-hmm. Or he's dry- trying to find his house, and Joan Allen's standing outside. He's like, oh, that must be my house. And he's acting really weird around her and the daughter. Like, like there's a scene where it looks like he's going to, like, molest the daughter because she's just wearing underwear and, and a, like, a, t- and a T-shirt. Yeah. And looking, he's- looking good. Look, uh, I'm assuming she's 18. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Cool. So- <laughs> he's, like, reaching <laughs> for, like, a lighter that's behind her, and he's yeah, like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, you got oh. something that I crave. Yeah. There's a weird shimmy move around her. Uh-huh. Like, oh, th- those are Janet's. <laughs> it's fine. I won't tell if you won't tell. Yeah. Pub's got a brand new bag. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> In this prison, it's supposed to be a Black Ops-like yeah. prison. Uh-huh. They let him watch TV. Yep. Yeah. And they, oh, yes. let, they, they let him watch the news. 
And on the news, it's Sean Archer. Well, well first. Who disarms the bomb well, at the LA Convention Center. First, you get a shot of Paul Troy leaving the prison. And like walking by his cell, like, oh, bye, brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> this weird pinky thing because he's weird. Uh, and we're like, oh, no. So now he realizes Paul Troy's out. Now, so Caster Troy, as Sean Archer, is cutting a deal with his brother uh, to churn state's evidence for his mm-hmm. release. So they got him in the cell. And they're like, you're supposed to be squealing if you look good. And uh, the brother <laughs> and is like, I just don't understand why we have to do all this. Like, well, um, think about this. I've become a national hero. Uh, know that next question. And, uh, so this his whole, this whole thing is I become a hero. I get all the power mm-hmm. and then we can do everything we want. So he, he beca- his, his job now becomes, I'm going to be the best cop I can be to eliminate all my competition. So we become the top dogs and then we take over the world, I guess. So is his, is his goal to be Sean Archer for the rest of his life? He, wouldn't, wouldn't he be miserable being uh, like a federal agent, this bad guy? Because then he's like restrained. He can't publicly do right. the crazy shit he's always done. I feel like... Is that his like end game to live his life forever? No, the, the end game I think... Because he can't get his face back. Right. True. If, but he, if he has him locked in prison forever. It's a similar type of end game I think to like Arlington Road. Where he's going to live this life long enough to then blame somebody else for it. Mm-hmm. And then continue on maybe somebody else. So he becomes the top dog of terrorism so that he can himself also be the terrorist to and not catch himself, maybe pin it on one of his bad arrival of his. Mm-hmm. So they get blamed. They go to jail. Well, meanwhile, he's still the terrorist and the investigator. Yeah. That's, that's pretty brilliant, mm-hmm. I think. It's, good, it's, a good, it's a good plan. And he's, he's a smart sociopath, uh, crazy, insane person uh, with, with a game, which is weird. Uh, with with the tongue thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so now we get a shot after he disarms the bomb because he knows the code and Paul Troy tells him blah blah blah. That, that gets broadcast into the prison mm-hmm. for some uh, reason. For, it's fine. It's all, only to show right all day is nothing but Nature Channel except for this one time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a great it's a great little scene. Uh, it's 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 so over the top, but it, it shows Sean Archer coming out like. Uh, so you found the uh, the guy who tried to bomb the L.A. What do you know his name? Well, that's classified. But if he's watching, I'd like to take him a message. Uh, interception. Now our side's got the ball. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you just like Nicholas Cage's face, like, oh, no. What I gotta get out of here? How do I get out of here? Uh-huh. Ask ask one of the other random guys, which is not a badass in in this awesome prison. Uh, how do I get out of here? You can't. How do I get the shoes off? When you get fried. All right. Creates a diversion. It's also assaulting all the officers. Something about a cigarette, a light. Yeah, trying to get a cigarette. Mm-hmm. As he's getting, this, this is cool because he committed to this. He committed to this anyway. He's like, uh, I need a cigarette. Like, uh, well, get in fact, get back in line. No, I don't think you heard me. I need a cigarette. Punches him, punches him, punches him. He gets dragged around. He's got a cigarette. I need a light. Anybody got a light? <laughs> Needlessly over the top, but fun, nonetheless. So then I gets taken to the uh, execution chamber. The uh, no, it's they're not electrocuting them. They're just like frying their brain to to torture them. Just, just torture. Mm-hmm. It's not like a lobotomy of any kind. It's no, just, no, no, no. It's okay. just to torture them. Okay. So uh, that so that big guy. Yeah, Dubov. He gets a he gets it first. Yeah, he's in there getting electrocuted already. Uh, and uh, they got they got the settings on like skull and crossbones in there. Uh huh. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing, which we'll get back to in a second. Uh, that he's getting shocked. He gets taken out of the chair. Oh, Caster Troy. It must be my lucky day. Uh, the guy puts him in the chair. Oh, can I get a cigarette first? Uh, right. Why? Why? Why are you doing this? I don't know. Why would you ever let a prisoner do this? But, but then again, he's kind of like a prison celebrity. It's, it's like if... Uh, uh, 
I don't even I don't know who to even compare it to. Charles Manson? Nah, no, but like present day. If if you're in jail and Mike Tyson kills a chick and comes into prison, then you're like, oh, fucking Mike Tyson, man. Even though it's like, wow, you're a horrible person. You kill somebody. You're still you're still Mike Tyson. You're still like a celebrity. So maybe it's that kind of treatment. Like, yeah, give him a cigarette. Who cares? We'll fry his brain in a second. Let him smoke for Christ's sake. Uh, then he looks over at Dubov, which apparently he got, Dubov attacked him earlier in the movie, which uh, was based on uh, apparently uh, Castro Troy had a sex sandwich with his wife and daughter the day he got sent to prison. Mm-hmm. So he's a little upset. But in this in this time frame, he reaches out to him like, "Hey, Dubov, uh, I didn't touch your wife, I didn't touch your daughter, but I know they love you. How about we get out of here?" And uh, I guess he's so fried, he's just thinking to escape. Yeah, I'm good. Let's escape. Mm-hmm. So they start attacking everybody, and uh, they, they they kill the doctor. I guess all the guards in there. Uh, sulfuric acid gets thrown up and shot. Oh yeah, why is that in randomly in a prison? I don't know. Well, it's in the torture area, I, so I'm I, guessing they're using that to torture people. I guess. Sure, it's weird, but anyway, everyone's getting shot. Uh, things are happening. There's a r- full on riot. They uh, they end up in a control room, and. Uh, Somehow, magically, again, Sean Archer knows how to push buttons. Uh huh. <laughs> to work, uh, uh, prisons, systems, computers. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a, a special function or a key or a button of some kind that's, uh, overload the entire system. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, he finds pretty easily. Which, again, I feel like if you, if, super high security max prison thing, uh, shouldn't have one of those settings. There's like a big red button everywhere. Yeah. yeah do not press. Uh, let me press that button. Oh, look, it says Acme on it. Right. Not your turn, my turn. I press the button. <laughs> so Nick Cage gets out, and he realizes where the prison is. Yeah. It's in an oil rig. He gets to the, yeah, on the roof, looks around. No! There's a chopper circling around him, firing at him. Yes. Nick Cage yeah. jumps, I don't know, 80 feet. Straight out of Die Hard. This is, this is the exact same scene. Mm-hmm. Jumps. Uh, minus the uh, uh, fire hose. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Jumps into the ocean. Yep. Straight drop. His microphone chip in his throat doesn't dislodge from this jump. Sure. Helicopter pilot looks. He's like, eh, he must be dead. Eh. Yeah, exactly. Cut to he's in Beverly Hills <laughs> or somewhere getting stealing uh, car keys from a valet. Yeah. Now, to be fair, it's possible he's in Malibu. Uh-huh. And there are restaurants right by the water. Yeah. Although he did seem a lot drier than he probably should have been. Yes. So, But this secret black ops prison... Sh- could, shouldn't be too close to the to the shore, right? I feel like it should be closer to international waters. So you can do all this illegal shit. Yeah, right. Maybe somewhere near Cuba. But if it's international waters, that means what is international waters? It's ten miles out off the coast, something like that. Six miles, something like that. It's six to ten miles. It's a lot less than you think it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like six miles. That's like me going to work or, or something. Like yeah, but if you go that far, you're out, outside of jurisdiction of of anything. Yeah, that's so amazing. You can do anything you want. You can, yeah. you do anything you want. Even piracy. Mm-hmm. So I get on. You can't do piracy, but then <laughs> you're gonna get um, like the national guard. Well, no, national guard has to pull away. By the way, super tangentially related. Uh, what? Archer became a pirate with the Somalias in the TV show Archer. Mm. <sighs> uh, not Sean Archer from this movie, but a different Archer, which is great. The Ar- from the cartoon Archer. Yeah, it's great. It's a great cartoon. You're so horrible. <laughs> So, Jesus Christ, we're an hour already. We haven't, <laughs> we still got time to go here. All right. So, uh, fast forward, things happen, other things happen. Uh, Sean Archer now 
uh, is taking down other, all the criminals, all the bad guys. Now Nicolas Cage, as Sean Harcher, goes to meet Dietrich, the bald dude with a sister that was super hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, there's a great, it's some sort of crazy loft of some kind where there's, uh, there's hookers and drugs and everything happening. Uh, Dietrich gives him a line, which I've given to my friends in several occasions when they're depressed. Like, uh, what's wrong? Uh, you look like you just fucked your mother. <laughs> you drug dealer, you. <laughs> you come inside, start doing drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and this is, this is where the title of the movie comes from, I, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Where he's, he's, he's running around like, all right, so you're back in town. What do you want to do? You want to get out of here? You get a passport? Like, no, no, I'm not leaving. We're going after Sean Archer. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's a big guy in the FBI. He's like untouchable, and unless he's at home, like yeah, his code to his uh, alarm is blah blah blah, April, July twenty fifth, whatever. So basically, he does a lot of drugs, and then he starts talking about taking his face off. Yeah, and then in the process of doing that, he goes into passes out into the other room, while everyone thinks he's gone nuts and says no more drugs for that man. Moving on, right? He does. He does. He's <laughs> <laughs> just about to pass out. <laughs> Free? <laughs> How many hours have we been here? I can't remember anymore. It's weight drugs. Right. Full disclosure, this is our second time trying to record this podcast. <laughs> Computer crashed, then it's very upsetting. I- I've never heard you take the reins of the plot like this. <laughs> no, because like, usually it's me and Adam, and you just go, yeah, that was a cool part. Yeah, I or know. Or you're just like, yeah, well, and then we, that happened. Well, because we did this like twice already. <laughs> I figured if I didn't do it, we'd like, be here for another hour. Right. Okay. So, no more drugs for that man. Uh, goes in the room. He's the, this thing in the mirror, which I have done several times when I've, I've been drinking too much, where I'm all blurry. Look in the mirror. I am me. He's trying, he's trying to remember who he is, type mm-hmm. of thing, because he's seeing his uh, moral nemesis, but knowing that it's him. I am me, Caster Archer. Caster Archer. And, um, uh, Gina Grishon comes in. Uh, they freak out. Hey, sorry that I was such a dick. Uh, and then she's all, that's ah, cool. It's fine. Don't worry about it. This is your son. <laughs> 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 While this is happening, across the street and a building, rooftop, you got Pollux Troy with binoculars. Uh, not disappointing because he's really creepy. Uh, this is like, yeah, it makes sense that he's over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, calls, calls his brother, which is John Travolta as uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, so I, I just thought he might check out with one of your old friends, and it looks like he's beginning to enjoy being you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Send the cavalry. <laughs> so a big fight ensues, <laughs> and uh, Caster, aka uh, what's name, Nicholas Cage, yeah, um, ends up on top of the roof, and uh, <laughs> no, 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 you, you wow. missed. You're skipping too much, man. Why? Come on, let's do this. <laughs> There's just there's a there's a raid in this loft. Big fights in bullets people, flying. People die. Uh, Nick Cassavetes dies. Somewhere over the rainbow is being playing in a super awesome fashion. Uh, with sl- slow music during gunfight scenes are amazing to me. But that whole thing happens, and then it, it, it pretty much crescendos at a point where they're in this room where there's a bunch of mirrors around. Uh, and it, the gunfight ends up with Nicolas Cage on one side of the mirror, John Travolta on the other side of the mirror. And they're looking at each other through the mirror. So as they're staring at the mirror, they're seeing the other person, but it's actually themselves. Very poetic. It's very uh, symbolism. Symbologism. Mm-hmm. That's a joke you made last time in my show about Boondock Sands. <laughs> it was basically started off like this. 
don't know. Do you have the rights to this song? The Rainbow Connection. It's fine. So basically, (laughs) that song plays on, and then you have William Defoe going, There was a firefight! And then basically everyone dies with the Rainbow Connection playing in the background. Right. Uh, So they they, they have this... (laughs) Somewhere over the rainbow, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, which which I was told by uh, Hollywood last time was sung by Olivia Newton John, which was in Greece with John Travolta. With John Travolta. Oh, oh geez, I got chills. It's multiplying. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so there's there's a firefight. Uh, there's another SWAT guy comes in with a, a grenade launcher, blows things up, allows Nicolas Cage to get to the roof to climb a, a, a tower to use a rope to for some reason. <laughs> Get Pollux Troy knocked into the glass frame where he dies, which mm-hmm. makes John Travolta slash Nicolas Cage not so happy. He ties his shoes ever so gently. Right. Because <laughs> that's what happened earlier in the movie. Uh, to, again, prove to the point why Pollux Troy is not very apt at doing things besides computers, which is why, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know how he defeated that FBI agent in, in the beginning of the movie. But anyway, uh, that whole thing happens. And then, now we cut to back. So, so, so. Uh, what? Travolta is upset because his brother died. Yes. Well, Cage inside Travolta is upset because his yes, brother died. Yes, we got that already. Yes. Back to the office. He's, he's kind of brooding about it. Uh, 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 Laz- Lazaro comes in, mm-hmm. the, uh, Fargo dad, uh, to, to, like, yell at him, like, uh, he's like, typical- God damn it, you blew up half the bell blah, 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 blah. Right. It, it gets to the point where, uh, Caster, aka Travolta, gets really pissed off and knocks, uh, Judo chops him into the back of the head and then hits him into the chest where it seems like earlier, about like five seconds prior, that he would look like he was about to have a heart attack because he was so angry. Yeah, he was, he was talking to him like, God damn it, Archer. <gasps> yeah. You blow up that building and <gasps> <laughs> so Sean yeah. Archer's just like, fuck, this guy's going to die anyway. Might as well take him out myself. Yeah. So, and then he, and then he calls his secretary and he's just like, you need, you need to call the ambulance, uh, the sergeant or whatever yeah. just died. That's why I had a heart attack. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Meanwhile, while this is happening, we have Eve now, Eve Archer, his, his, his wife is breaks in. Oh no. Okay. Travolta, uh, uh, Cage, uh, hold on. Travolta, Colin Carter. Travolta, <laughs> Cage as Travolta breaks into his own house where his wife just got out of the shower and, he, and he's trying to come to her like, hey, it's me, babe, babe, duh, it's fine, it's me. She uh, freaks out because mainly she knows that he's the guy that killed the, the kid, but he was a kid when he was well, six years yeah, ago. Yeah, killed the son. Yeah. But he's like, it's me, believe me, uh, all these things. Uh, I had this weird plan or some fucking guy who did the thing with a fucking face, and I, I can't believe it. I, he's starting to act more like Archer, and like, basically gets her more freaked out to the point where she can't really understand what's going on anymore. Right. So he's like, fine, you don't believe me? Here's your proof. Your proof is uh, me, my, Sean, your husband's blood type is AB. A, oh. Uh, oh, uh, Choice is AB uh, negative. A, B. Check it out. Whatever. <laughs> Check it out. Sorry. Uh, and then... <laughs> So she doesn't move where she takes his blood in the middle of the night. Yeah, there's so it's nighttime and they're in bed next to each other. Sean Archer's asleep. Yeah. So she gets a needle or pan or something and pokes him while he's sleeping. He wakes up like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, and okay. before you say anything, Was that a mosquito? Yeah, before you say anything, that actually happens in blood drives. So. Does it? Yeah, moving on. Okay. So it she seems like a really fancy pen. So she takes it, so she takes it to her lab. Yeah. She analyzes it. She's <laughs> like, oh my God, he's right. It is A B. That's not my husband. Uh-huh. And then, soccer-like, 
Cage comes out of the shadows like, oh, thanks for believing me. Like, whoa. Mm-hmm. First, how did you get into the hospital? But all right. Uh, so she's like, oh, I, I've been living with this guy. He's been my husband. Like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's my problem. I'll never. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'll never make it up to you. Like, oh, you spent your whole life trying. Uh, that was, I was a wife. I don't know why I put a deep voice on. Uh, I was starting <laughs> to wonder, too. <laughs> well, the thing I don't get about this procedure is in order for you to do like radical procedures like this, you have to yeah. get funding, right? And usually yeah. your funding comes from red tape. Well, here's the, here's where I'm going at. Okay. So if the mice ear thing, right? Usually you type a paper mm-hmm. and you put publish dissertation. You get, it, you get it published in like the in like the the Harvard School of Medicine right. newspaper, right? Uh-huh. So others can see. Oh, look, this doctor grew an ear <laughs> on the back of a mice. Oh, let's, like- let's fund him or or ooh, let's how about our doctors take a look into us? I so like this guy's fa- so this guy's face off surgery had to get funding initially from the get go. Hold on. So this doctor, so her, the wife must have heard about a face off procedure at some point down the road. No, no, no. Uh, I disagree. Uh, mainly because what do you think he spent ten thousand dollars on a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Independence Day argument. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you went there. <laughs> this funny comes from everywhere. By the way, all the all the all the drugs and money that they probably got from the loft of Dietrich's place—that's mm-hmm. all pocketed. <laughs> that's funding that covert... for funding for it. Yeah, it's covert operations funding now. No, no. What the Dietrich's place? They they raided the the whole loft, and he's like, "Damn, my place is getting fucked up." Yeah, that, that, that whole thing, all the drugs and money and guns that they got from there. That I'm talking becomes... about initially. Yeah, but that becomes funding to fund these kinds of projects. What he's saying, basically, what he's saying is that everything. It's that's... not medical journals. It's uh. FBI things. Well, basically, what he's saying is that everything that is like taken from a raid prior is put into evidence or for holding for other uses later on that you can use for the FBI. The reason I bring this up is because yeah. later in the movie, when they do the face-off to get the face back onto John Travolta, oh, yeah. this doctor knows how to do it, hey, somebody, even true. though all the evidence <laughs> of the initial doctor's work was destroyed. That's even what, that's though what, that's what I'm getting all at. All evidence that proves that you're you. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. I see. That's the decent point. And it hurts me to say that. Well, it's possible <laughs> that he just didn't know. Who? What? Castor Troy's not a, not a genius. It kind of is. Not when it comes to medical. No, okay. Maybe yeah. not. So. There are backups. So, so Joan Allen tells him he's untouchable now that he's the new boss. Except for tomorrow. But tomorrow's the old boss's funeral. Yeah. You can hit him there. Lazaro's funeral. Yeah. The John Woo funeral. So, okay. So, <laughs> this is an old white guy. Mm-hmm. Who was killed, right? Yes, and he, and it, it looks like he's being buried in like a by the beach, like a Buddhist Catholic beach house. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it looks like there's like there's a there's a crucifix on the wall, but everything looks like Asian. Yeah, I know it's weird. Really, I, I went. I, I would have gone like Rastafarian even, oh. based on the look, Why maybe you, location. I, just, I feel like an old white guy wouldn't be buried here, and what? he's supposed to be like the head of this like. Maybe awesome it, division, but only like twenty people showed this. Wow. Maybe Margaret Show put it together. Oh, <laughs> no, there is a possibility because he has such a heart condition that he's trying to find an inner types of peace and using different types of religion to get there. It's also possible that given the job, uh, he has no friends or family. Because <laughs> I mean, Sean Archer's almost on the, on the house with his own family. Yeah, because he's he's dedicated his life to this one guy. This is the head of the department where he's dedicated his whole life to multiple terrorists. Yeah, so maybe he doesn't have any wife or kids to speak of. Just so, a heart attack and a lot of fries. So any people that show up to his funeral are his goddamn employees. That's true. Which leave early, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's painful. So we get the scene. We get we we get the John Wood doves. 
uh, they come in. Uh, as as Archer comes in, there's a, a darker bird that flies through. And then later on in the back, you see a white dove fly through because this is good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Tra- Cage, Tra- hold on, Tra- Travolta as Cage tells his wife to uh, find an excuse to get out of here. Uh, cover for the daughter, fine, gone. While they're at the while they're at the funeral, this is brazen. This is bu- this is it's a bad move. Kate um, Travolta as Cage sends a picture of his son to him during the funeral, pretty much telling him, "Hey, it's about to go down. <laughs> you you just lost the element of surprise. Bad move, but whatever." So now he's at the thing. Uh, he, he he goes to pray or whatever because his <laughs> boss died, and then here comes Travolta or uh, Cage as Travolta. Why don't you just go Archer? Yeah, and Troy. Archer comes in. No, Troy comes in as in Archer's body, and he's like, whatever. This whole again unnecessary scene, uh, dialogue. It should have been just a shootout right away, but mm-hmm. because it, it makes for a better movie, <laughs> they have a little conversation. Uh, there's this there's this standoff, which kind of dumb, mm-hmm. but I also really liked it a lot. Where he comes in, uh, everyone's pointing a gun, points a gun at his wife. Sasha comes in. Nobody knows whose side is on who. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like, oh, whoo, what a predicament. <laughs> and that, that's the whole thing. That, and so everyone starts shooting at each other in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Very, It's very stylized. John Woo. Uh, yeah. You, with the way the guns are firing, close-ups on the bullets flying and all these things. Pretty much when the dust settles. Um, my Everyone's gr- dead. My girl Sasha is on top of Cage. Uh, uh, take care of my boy. Don't let him be like us. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty much the response. Is, <laughs> That's it. Uh, Travolta does a thing. He runs around. There's more gunfights. Uh, running around, and then the daughter shows up. I really did not like this. This chick. Mm-hmm. This, this she was she was a kind of a bad actor. Uh, but there was a cool scene with Hyde from that '70s show earlier where there's a rape scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets his ass beat. That's fun. You 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 really got to watch this movie. It's so it's so good. Yeah. Uh, if I if I had my choice, we'd be talking about this for another hour and mm-hmm. make this a lot longer podcast. That's why I'm trying to stop that from happening. <laughs> All right, so uh, another shootout. Uh, the daughter gets taken hostage, and the, well, the daughter finds a gun and is pointing it at both of them. And the whole scene is like, uh, "Shoot him! He's your father. I'm your father. Listen to your voice." And this is where the voice yeah box thing changes. All right, so his voice his voice thing is finally finally not working anymore. Uh-huh. So now he sound. They both sound. They're both Travolta at this point, uh-huh. uh, but one has a cage face. So, <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> "Listen to me. Use your ears. I'm your father. Use your eyes, Jamie. Shoot him. He killed your son or brother. Whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, shoots him. Uh, then he he reveals, "Hey, I'm I'm not your dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> no daughter of mine would shoot so wide." But then he gets taken down by the knife that he gave to her earlier yeah. in the movie. Uh, then they run off off the beach, find some boats. Yeah, find empty boats, speed right. boats. Yep, speed boats. And there's a speedboat chase. Yep, a lot of good stunt work here. Yeah, th- this is a cool stunt uh, action piece. Yeah. Right yeah. Uh, Should we spoil that part or no? What the stunt boat chase? What do you mean spoil? Spoil, spoil, spoil how? I don't know. The, the, saying that they were stuntmen? Was yes. That, yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were sure, bad. Sure. They were bad stuntmen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't even look like them. No. Like, like Cage and Travolta probably took the day off when they were fucking shooting this. Like, oh, you don't, yeah, you don't need us, right, John? Okay, no. cool. 
We'll be in the trailer. But they don't even look like it doesn't matter. It's going so fast. The adrenaline's so high. They're not going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> it took me 13 years to figure that out. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't understand the concept of stuntmen until much later in life oh. because of the whole bubble thing. So I, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is amazing. These guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, they're really on actors. the boat. Yeah. Oh, they're flying. They're weirdly covering their face as they're falling. You know, Hollywood. Still- <laughs> you know, Hollywood. I really wish I was there to burst Adam's bubble when it happened. <laughs> Because I would have made it so much more perverse than it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, big they, stunt scene. Uh, they crash through a, a cop boat. Yeah. And they right. they, they both crash onto the beach. Right yeah. into a pier, right? Yeah, into yeah. a pier. They hit this weird thing that's like it's meant to hold ships after they've been docked, I guess. But because they're still coming at it, it, it flips them. Mm-hmm. So they're flying. It's got to be a good 50 to 100 feet that they're just flying in the air. It was 15 inches. There was model boats. Oh. <laughs> it's <only> yeah. model. <laughs> Stuntmen. That's <laughs> <laughs> a very silly place. Let's not go there. <laughs> uh, so they, <laughs> they land on the beach. And they start fighting. Yeah. And Tra- Travolta is like, he, he grabs a piece of like broken glass and he starts cutting his face. Yeah. And he's telling him like, just remember, just remember, this is your face. Ah. Every time you look in the mirror, you'll see my face. So, in, so he should be like zigzagging and fucking his face up, but he's going along the incision line that the surgeons have to do anyway. <laughs> like, shouldn't he just like make a big X on his face? That's, yeah. But he's he's going along the way that yeah. the fucking surgeons have to go. I'm I, had, guess, I hadn't thought about that. I'm guessing the reason why he's doing that is just in case that he does survive and wants to keep on going as cast as a uh, Travolta. Mm. No, he, he knows he's dead. He knows he's dead. How do you know that? Because he's pretty much the only thing stopping him from dying is his grip on this harpoon gun that he has. Yes. So as soon as he, he knows, I'm gonna die when I let go of this. But just to fuck with you one last time, <laughs> my face. Oh, okay. Maybe he's doing a weird thing that like if you if you score a paper. And then try to fold it in a different place than that score, it's gonna fuck up the entire paper. Do you guys not work in the packaging industry? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> he works for Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> yeah. Dunder Mifflin. People, person, kind of people. He's been working there for like about what, 20 years now? I don't know. It's That's weird. A lot, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so Travolta, Travolta dies because of the harpoon. Yeah. And as he's dying, he's doing that as like, ready, ready for the big rap, baby. Which is a callback to earlier, which is fun. Yeah. The FBI shows up with Margaret Cho. Yeah. And By the way, Eve had made a phone call in the interim of, uh, yeah. hey, guess what? My husband's not my husband. He's that guy. Kill him. I right. feel like they'd be like, what, lady? Right. You're crazy. So they show up and it's like, uh, we believe you, Archer. Yeah, Mr. Archer. What what did you call me? I called you Mr. Archer, sir. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cut to now uh, they're now they're in the fucking operating room and right. they're like, "Don't worry, Mr. Archer, we're gonna take good care of you." Everything's how right the back fuck how it was. Did they these guys know how to do it when there's no published information? All the files are yeah. destroyed because I won't believe the Archer the uh, uh, caster got all the paperwork done or like all because the, there there probably are backup files. Notes that aren't kept in the same spot. I mean, like, just because the guy does, mm. does the research, 
doesn't mean he keeps it all in one place, especially where he's doing the the, the procedure. It doesn't make sense. But has his new surgeon done face-off surgeries before? <laughs> or is it possible? Or is a possibility that all of his helping hands knew what to do? They just didn't have the leading hand, which he did originally because he had some such Ooh, healthy. Maybe they only killed the three people they thought were involved, but they didn't get the the hairstylist <laughs> and the beautician. They like, uh-huh. hey. Were you guys part of this? Yeah. They weren't, they weren't yeah. credited. That's why. Yeah, we did, that's we didn't get a call to come back that night, so we have all the information that you need. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> so, time passes. We don't know how long. Oh, by, and- by the way, also, if I'm in that predicament, uh, feel free to not put the love handles back on. <laughs> I'm going to keep this body because uh, he's worked out. Yeah. That'd be me. Super vain. <laughs> Well, this this next this is the last scene of the movie, and yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. There's two mm-hmm. things that are fucking ridiculous. First, face. Travolta just walks in. Joan Allen's just like, "Oh, was today the day you <laughs> were getting out of surgery?" Like she couldn't pick him up from the fucking hospital. I know. How did he get home? If you get a root canal surgery, you're not allowed to drive home. This yes. guy <laughs> just got his fucking face taken off. I think there was a, a time that he actually had to stay in the bed before he could leave. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, before he went home, he I guess he swung by the orphanage and picked up Michael, the little kid. Yep. Adam. Oh, yeah. That's right. Adam. Sorry. Yeah. Michael's his original son. And they, br- they Adam's br- his new son. Yeah. They bring, the, <laughs> they bring this new kid in. <laughs> And immediately the daughter's like, she does the face thing, the 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 hand face, the thing. hand drag. Shh, let it happen. She goes, "Hi, my name's so and so. What's yours?" And then Chloroform? Jamie, and then and then Travolta looks at Joan Allen, and he, and he pretty much is like, "Can't can it, I?" This is cool. And she's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it's fun, good, because I already sent all the paperwork." And then credits, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. What if she said no? Right. Oh, I guess you're going back to the orphanage, kid. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Adam. So this kid is fucked. This whole family's fucked. Yeah. Because now th- this kid is constantly going to live in the shadow of Mikey. Right. He has no parents anymore. He seems to be smart, though. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I don't know. How old is he? Five? I don't know. Old enough to know th- what happened. I think he was five years old, if I remember correctly. I think I feel like that might still be soon enough to <laughs> to turn the kid into something else. To, yeah. to To write the ship that was... Uh, Messed up by the possible incestuous relationship of the uh, mother <laughs> and um, brother. The brother. <laughs> okay. So, closing thoughts on Face Off? Great movie. Um, really outlandish, too. And uh, hope to watch it again without Adam. <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. It's ridiculous as hell. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's done in a way that is good enough that I, I will buy the premises and go along for the ride. It's possible it's mostly nostalgia from when I first saw it, and I was just like, this is the greatest thing. But watching it again, I, I still felt the same kind of excitement, and I was like looking forward to the same kinds of scenes. I was, I was still able to quote all the lines that were happening. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. However, if you're going to try to get somebody else to watch this movie, do not describe it in detail, because you'll sound like a crazy person. Yes. <laughs> That's why I just don't want to watch it with you. Yeah. Yeah, because try to describe this. Like, so there's, there's no, a terrorist. No, no, no. They take the face off. No, becomes no, no, no. the other guy. The other guy becomes him, and then they got to fight each other. And then it's like, I'm not worried about that. I'm no, worried. that sounds insane. True, but I'm worried about like, you. How are you gonna pull that off? You're not. I'm worried about you trying to voice everything happening happening as it goes. Oh, that that yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, you should not watch it with me. That's true because I'll be doing all the voices. I like I like this movie. It is a ridiculous action movie, but if it's on, I'll watch it. And 
even though I saw with the spoiler spoiler goggle, is yep. that what you spoiler goggles. Spoiler yep. goggles. I still like it mm. for all its ridiculousness. I, the, the only thing that was spoiled for me was was the haircuts uh, and 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 the voice chip. Those are the only things that I had problems with. Everything else, was really, fine. that was it. That was it. Totally fine. That was it. Okay, totally fine. Although maybe possibly the drug tolerance of uh, of Sam Ar- uh, Sean Archer uh, being inside Nicolas Cage's body, uh, he probably should have been a lot more fucked up than he was. So the penis had nothing to do with it. No, the penis is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should explain that a little more. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, leave it be. Leave it be. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> that was our opinion of the movie. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of them, but we have zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics. Do you want any good reviews or bad reviews? You know what? Because it's Adam's baby. Let's go with the bad reviews. Nice. I only found one on Rotten Tomatoes. One bad review? Stephen Ray yes! of the Philadelphia Inquirer says, for all its fiery explosions, Face Off just kind of implodes. Oh, you're an idiot. That okay. guy's an idiot. The good reviews. <laughs> Andy Saylor of the U- of USA Today says, It could be argued that this movie's callousness toward human life is nihilistic and nasty, but Wu takes everything so absurdly far that audiences laugh at what horrified them moments before. Hmm. That's just, okay. No, this doesn't, doesn't sound very good. This is why I'm smiling right now. What's, what's Peter fine? Travers of the Rolling Stone says, Scenes of high-voltage action with wild hilarity as two guys with guns switch faces and identities. It's a weird review. That's just synopsis. Yes. Uh, Alicia Sw- Schwartzbaum of Entertainment Weekly says, Face Off makes bad movies look worse and makes the making of good movies look like the most thrilling work in the world. That's confusing. <laughs> this is amazing. That's... <coughs> I love this. Stephen Hunter of the, of the Washington Post says, Almost indefensibly violent, the film is one of those Whirly gigs of wit, barbaric energy, blood splatters, and firepower that will be adored by the morally retarded among us, like me, and loathed by the morally superior. That is not a positive review. <laughs> this is so great. I Why do these people suck at saying good things? Oh, I'm right, so here, happy. All right, here's the last one. Paul Tatera of CNN said, I won't pretend that I completely enjoyed it, but it's it certainly, the- <laughs> but it certainly has. <laughs> Let me restart. <laughs> I won't pretend that I completely enjoyed it, but it certainly has a few elements that I've never seen before. Action aficionados will undoubtedly slobber all over themselves. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let me see if I understand how Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> works. It, you give it a fresh or you give it a rotten, right? Mm-hmm. And then you write a review? Well, no. Um, or you do give it a percent. It's an algorithm that's based off the score that you give it. So if Entertainment Weekly gives letter grades like A, B, C, D, they factor that into okay. a guy who gives like 8 out of 10 stars. So these people didn't say fresh and no, then write this. when this came out, there was okay. no Rotten Tomatoes. Because then they would really suck at their job. <laughs> this movie's great, but also it's really bad. <laughs> Stop writing reviews. <laughs> Stop writing reviews. All right. I'm just so happy. <laughs> it's like every single one of those reviews meant that... Scathing. Yeah, yeah. It was scathingly bad. Good. Now it's time for the game that everyone loves to play, the Rotten Tomatoes game. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. This is part of the show where I make the guys guess the score that will be based on its Rotten Tomatoes score. For those of you unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst critics and the audience. 0 to 59% is rotten, 60% to 84% is fresh, and 85% and up is certified fresh. What would you like to guess first, the critics or the audience? Ooh, you want to go for the critics or the audience, Adam? Uh, this is your baby. It's the critics, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like the guy from the thriller video. Uh, critics, they're, they're not going to appreciate this like I did. <laughs> Although I feel like you have to acknowledge the performances given by Travolta and Cage. 
as as a positive, as farcical as it can be. I don't want it to go rotten, but I feel like it's going to be rotten. 55%. Okay. 40. 92%. It is certified fresh. Yeah. Oh, sweet vindication. Oh, the, oh, oh, I, I, I'm speechless. Now the audience. Holy Christ. I got to process. You do your thing first. <laughs> okay. So 92. Considering that, considering that it's a pretty good movie. Um, there a lot of, there wasn't that too many follow-ups. Yes, you'd have to buy your ticket and expect certain things to be <laughs> plausible. I'm going for a 78. Okay. Alright, well, that critic score is gonna fuck me up quite a bit, cause I, now I have high hopes. Now, I, I, I can, I can, I can agree that this is, is weird and dumb and premise in a lot of ways, but even people that, like, Corolla and Simmons and, and Damashek, mm-hmm. as much qualms as they have about this movie, I feel like they would say it's still oh, a good they movie. They love it, yeah. Absolutely. So, based on that, and based on Chris being 92, audience has got to be 89. 82%. Oh, I was closer. Okay, it's fine. Okay. It's, it's, still, it's still certified we're, fresh. We're still fresh across yeah, the board. It's certified still, even. Certified, both. Yes! Yeah. Well, 100 I know, episodes! Paul Giamatti wasn't <laughs> in this. No! We noticed Paul Giamatti's been in a lot of our movies, so we decided to ask... What role would Paul Giamatti have had? Pollux, I'm guessing, right? No. No? Ooh. I wouldn't have done Pollux. That's good. I wouldn't have done Pollux. No? No. Who would you want, Mason? Well, because Pollux is too too much of a, like, you know, like, too easily, like, you know, left onto the side, you know? Mm -hmm. I'd give him more of, like, a standpointly aggression before he got killed off. So I'm thinking he might be the chief. (laughs) (laughs) Zaro? Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's really good. I really like him as Pollux. That would, but I, I, like Mike was saying, I think he would have pulled too much attention. Yeah. Uh, so my original thought was the um, Drew Carey's brother, Drew Car- oh, John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, he doesn't have that. But kind he's not menacing. No. Like John Carroll Lynch is a big fucking guy. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah. Yeah, but Giamatti's like tiny. But he's also he's he's also kind of like the, the things that he says. I could picture in a Giamatti fashion <laughs> being delivered in like a fuck you, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, man. You're not. You're, when I say your ass is mine, yeah, it's mine. So why don't you just have the cousin instead or the, or the other or guy, maybe- bald guy? Dietrich? Yeah. No. Dietrich would have been good. Yeah? Yes. It wouldn't have been the same character, but it could have been. It was, oh, yes, Dietrich. Good. Good call, Metro. Yes. Okay. We're not bald. Oh, then you got. <laughs> you would have got to make They're out with Gina Yeah. All right. That would made him more of an awesome person, right? That I could picture him making out with his sister Krishan <laughs> more than Dietrich. That would seem more like a, a role that he could do. Okay. <laughs> now it's time for trivia. This is a part of the show where I give out little bits of facts or info you may not know about the movie. Originally, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone were in mind to play the lead roles. No way. But when John Hell Woo was yeah. brought in to direct, he decided that John Travolta and Nick Cage would be more suited to the roles. Thank God. Could you imagine me talking like this oh, as Archer? My, oh, it would have been so hey, bad. Hey, hey, yo, hey, yo, you got to figure out where Bob is. Well, hold on a second. Wait, hold on a second. No, Maybe you're Schwarzenegger. Oh, I'm right. All right, I'm Schwarzenegger. That's right. And I'm Stallone. Okay. No, would Schwarzenegger okay. be Caster Troy or I, I want to hear. I want to hear, hear both of you in your accent yeah? saying, ooh-wee, you're good looking. <laughs> oh, okay, you want to go, ooh-wee, you got some what, uh, good looking. Good looking. Ooh-wee, you're good looking. Yeah. You're hot. I can't. You're hot. It has to, it has to be true. Hey, I just got to tell you, ooh, you're good looking, man. <laughs> no way. It has to be these two. Okay. 
Well, this I would accept a Brad Pitt and a Ed Norton. That would that that would have been amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. This, aside, aside from the height difference, this next bit of trivia gives you other people who were in favor, who were also considered for Sean Archer and Caster Troy. All right. The other pairs of actors that were considered for Sean Archer and Caster Troy, besides Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, were Harrison Ford and Michael Douglas. Jean Claude Jean Claude Van Damme and oh. Steven Seagal. Oh no! The most epic of splits. Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin. Oh that oh oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea actually. Oh, and Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh, they would have been so much different movies. Yeah, with any of those people, totally different movies. Let's just remake Face Off with all these pairings, and just fuck it. Let's see what happens. You think voice over these I, things? I, I, no, they they would they they no oh my god. None of them would be as good as this. I know that, that, that that's what I said on the episode we didn't record that <laughs> like these two were perfect because they're they're like the two of the like the hammiest actors in yeah. Hollywood. Like they chew up s- so much scenery and they ju- they just ham up their roles. Yes. Like it's perfect. It, that's why this movie is so like ridiculous and funny. Yeah. If you had Pacino and De Niro, it would have been serious. Right. Yeah, and scary a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and then they had Douglas and Ford. They, they, there's not enough about their personalities to build off of anything else. Yeah, they only have like two like versions of their face. Yeah, you, you couldn't tell when they switched roles. It'd be like, all right, no. What was that other one that you had besides the Bruce we- Willis? Oh, yeah. Van Damme and Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you imagine, but they one po- face and then one splits. Hold on. <laughs> But both of their styles of acting are like not acting. I know. <laughs> so, so I can't. I can't imagine. I guess they could intertwine easily, but then again, nothing de- to define the characters. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? One does the splits. One's the cock puncher. <laughs> Even Bruce Willis and who's the other guy that was supposed to be with Bruce Willis? Uh, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. But this is pre Donaghy. This is ninety seven. Oh, okay. So he's, so he's still really oh, so thin. This is, this is the fucking shadow. So he's. Yeah, uh, it's past sh- that. Yeah, it's past the shadow, but that kind of body. So it's Die Hard and Shadow. Get out of here. No, I refuse. I would like to see that. No, I really would. Okay. Hey, well, come on, it's Bruce Willis, man. He would play Caster Troy. I don't know who I'd want him to play. He'd play Caster Troy. Which one? Originally or the crazy one through the whole movie? That so he play Archer. He, so he, would he be Nicolas Cage? Yes. Okay. No, no, he had, he had, he had to be the Jolda. No, goddamn, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, John John Woo used a spear gun instead of a normal gun because he wanted Caster to die like Jesus with a spear. Wow. Okay. Oh wow. The first real life face transplant was accomplished in 2012 on Richard Norris, who'd accidentally shot himself in the face with a shotgun the same year that this movie came out. Is that right? So that is this face is possible, but it's not like no, exact. No, it wasn't that good. Yeah. No, I feel like, I feel like I've seen pictures of that. It's it's more of a um, who's the guy from uh, Hannibal? Oh, the meat. The guy that got meat, eaten by the, the pigs. Meat, the meat guy. Yeah. The guy who owns the meat. Plant. Yeah. 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 yeah mm-hmm. that, that's how I picked. I feel like that's how his face looked. Probably. Yeah. Uh, like the Game of Thrones guy. The the mountain. No. The uh the hound. No. 
Yeah, well, I, just in case, I don't want to spoil for it, but there is a character that you did not say that gets eaten by wolves or dogs or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't answer the question. Okay. Don't say the word. Okay, okay. Don't, don't say it. I'm not gonna say it. The magnetic boots the prisoners wear in the prison are the exact same boots worn by the Goombas in the Super Mario Brothers Ex- movie. I knew, I knew I thought something was very familiar about that. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. How did I not catch that? We did both those movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, I'm slipping. Finally. Nick Cage and John Travolta spent two weeks together before filming to learn how to play one another. They decided on specific gestures and vocal cadences for each character that could be mimicked. Beautiful. Fair enough. And I, I feel like that's very apparent. Mm-hmm. The way they were able to switch roles so well. That's <coughs> as, uh, as, as far as acting goes, I always reference this movie as far as people that can that are good actors, even though they both maybe not the best careers, uh, but still. <laughs> They in this movie specifically, they did such a good job with each other, mm-hmm. and I re- that's why it made it such a good movie for me. One of the many reasons. Finally, money makes the world go round. We want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year, so we can get a feel financially how well this film held up to its peers. The budget for this movie was eighty million dollars in nineteen ninety seven dollars. Eighty that, million. That's almost double now, huh? No, not it's the inflation wasn't that high. The eighty and ninety seven is probably like ninety nine, a hundred. So give me your guess for its total worldwide gross at $80 million. I'm so biased with this movie that I feel like I should have made so much money. Dun, 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 dun. 80. I'm going to convert that to... Ridiculous. 215,000. Thousand? Million, whatever. 215 million? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go for 180 million. In the U.S., this grossed 112.2 million. Okay. Overseas, it grows 133.4 million. Holy! Brings total worldwide gross to 245.6 million. Nice. Oh, all right. Yeah. Plus, ticket prices were cheaper back then, so more tickets were sold, so more people saw it than like they would today Good. because of ticket prices. I do not hear enough about this movie from people. This film. That's because you were in a bubble. No, I'm talking in, in general life. If I mention, they're like, "What's that movie? Isn't it? Like, you idiot." This film <laughs> date. <laughs> this film debuted in first place. On the weekend of June 27, 1997, with 23.3 million. Number three that week was Batman and Robin. <laughs> three. Number five was Con Air. <laughs> all right. I'm a little confused about Batman and Robin, but uh, all right. It's a comic book. It's really bad. According to Box Office Mojo, this is the 10th highest grossing film in the category. You're never going to get this category. <laughs> You'll never get this category. Uh, Facial reconstruction on a different person? fiction. Characters. <laughs> you got the first part. Sci-fi. Yeah. Sci-fi? This is the 10th highest grossing film in the category Sci-Fi Chase. What? No. Oh. Number one is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Ooh. That makes sense. So I guess it's a sci-fi movie of people on the run. Yeah. And you're being hunted. Yeah. I like okay. it. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Now that you said it, it makes complete sense. I never would have guessed it. You're okay. Right. <laughs> uh, Face Off was the 11th highest grossing film of 1997. Nice. Let me read you your top 10. I'm this came out that. when we were 13. Like this, These mov- uh-huh. are the movies of our youth. I'll, ca- I'll go backwards. I swear if you Wait, say Avatar 13, last year, I read so that somewhere. Was, huh? That was eighth grade? What did you say, Mason? Nothing. I'm messing around. Oh. Yeah, that was eighth grade then, roughly. Yeah. Okay. Around there. So, 10, going backwards. Number 10 of 1997, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. All right. Number nine, My Best Friend's Wedding. Ooh. Number, <laughs> number eight, the Star Wars special edition, The when they re-released oh, the, the New Re- Hope. Uh, yeah, All with right. the special edition footage. Uh-huh. Number seven, Goodwill Hunting. 
Okay. All right. Number six, As Good As It Gets. Yes. Love that movie. Number five. Really? Love it. A lot. Number okay. five, Air Force One. Oh, okay. Number... Hey. number <laughs> yeah, Adam, you just uh, meow? It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's that me- movie? Number four, Liar, Liar. Although that, that, that had Commissioner <laughs> Gordon, though, right? Yes. All right. Number four, Liar, Liar. Not bad. Okay. Number three, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Oh, also on spoilers. Number two, Men in Black. Yeah, ah, nice. Good. And number one, Titanic. Oh. Oh. So Face Off was number 11. <laughs> right? All right. Want to know what number 12 was? Connor? Also on spoilers. Oh. Batman and Robin. Oh, wow. <laughs> At least it beat that, I guess. <laughs> Probably equal levels of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. But Face Off pulled it off so well. Yeah. No, they're not equal levels of ridiculousness. Yes, you're right. <laughs> well, that's 1997's Face Off, directed by John Woo. Check out the website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email at spoilers at ratpackpodcast.com for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please rate and review the show on iTunes so it can help us in the rankings. <laughs> If you leave us a review on iTunes and leave us a recommendation for a movie you want us to watch, that movie will go to the top of our list and we'll watch it for any other requests. Next week, since this is episode 100, yes, get your tuxedos ready yeah, because we're doing our review show, Spoilies Episode 3, Revenge of the Critics. Suit up! Uh, nice. So we're, we're going to recap episodes 51 to 100. Yeah. So spoilers, quali- uh, face-off qualifies yes, for does. every spoily award. And I'm just curious how many awards Face Off is going to win in Adam's ballot. I yeah, it's going to be tough because also in this list is Die Hard. Okay, <laughs> I got I got the list right here. All right. Let me just read you some highlights of some favorites that could be on Adam's list. Lost World, you really like that one? I did. There's Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, Kindergarten Cop, you really like that? I, I did like that quite a bit. Um, <laughs> You really, you really, you really liked Hobolo Two for Tim Curry. <laughs> yes. Um, oh God, Zombievers might get your worst. It, yeah, get some Razzies ready or whatever. Uh, um, shoot them up. Shoot them up. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, you pretty loved good. Amityville Horror. I did quite a bit. Uh, you liked Rock of Ages. I don't know if that'll win anything. Uh, it'll win best, best musical for the year. <laughs> I don't know if that's a category. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I can I can give you a a preview. All right, one of Maestro's movies won something for me, and it's for something good. Oh, oh my! One of Maestro's movies. Yep, that can't be good. <laughs> so uh, check out uh, next week when we do our little review show and we pan out the awards. And until next time, this is Hollywood. I'm me, Adam. That's okay, <laughs> and I'm Maestro. Yeah, I know. We'll take a break when the case breaks, all right?